Hello, this is Tom Williams, and you are listening to Talk Theater in Chicago's Interview Podcast. My special guest this week is a man whose work I have admired throughout his entire career, and he just seems to just continually showing what Chicago acting is all about. Say hello to Brad Armacost. Hello, Brad. How are you, Tom? Thank you so much. Great. Tell us about the fantastic production uh, a Moon for the Misbegotten that Shawnaki Theater is doing at the Irish American uh, Heritage Center. Well, um, we uh, have have just come through opening weekend. Um, it's kind of tough when you're in an Irish American Heritage Center and uh, the weekend before you open is St. Patrick's Day weekend. So we were more or less just booted out for the entire weekend because the building is just uh, just full of uh full of revelers and it's it's a wonderful wonderful festival at the Irish Center they do one over St Patrick's Day weekend and then uh, a, a summer festival so uh we kind of lost 4 days there wow that's um, amazing it, it didn't and at exactly the wrong time <laughs> it didn't show in the production that i saw i was there opening night it, that's true that's true no um that was a lot of people doing a lot of extra work um Ira Amix, who is the set, and Julian, who did the uh, who did the lights. That was just a lot of people working awfully, awfully hard to pull it together on that Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Um, it's it's a it's a it's a wonderful production. It is uh, O'Neill's last uh, finished play, total play, um, and yet um, he lived for another ten years, almost a decade after after completing this, which which tells you just how, how sick he was in those last years. He was unable to see it uh, produced in his lifetime, and uh, it's, it's, it's not as complete a play as his masterworks, but it is, um, it's, a, it's a riveting play and one that I'm very proud to be part of. Well, you gave one of the great performances that, that I've seen in many a year uh, playing Phil. Tell us about Phil. He's quite, a, he's quite an interesting character. He is an interesting character, and and uh, one that um, that uh, Kevin Tice, the director, and I um, went back and forth over. On the page, he's pretty pretty one dimensional. He's pretty just you know your Irish uh, drinker, uh, cantankerous old fella. But uh, there there are layers in there that uh, O'Neill didn't throw anything just one dimensional on the page and. Uh, um, he's uh, he he is indeed. He does enjoy his whiskey. He does hard work uh, at least until noon every day, and uh, and uh, he has a family dynamic with his sons that have all run off, and it's basically just he and Josie on the farm when we when we join the Hogans, um, and uh, both very hardworking. Uh, she may be more so than he, but uh, it's. It's a it's a it's a family nonetheless, and the love of a parent for his child is is evident. Maybe not so much in the first three quarters of the play, but uh, he yeah, does it's, want what's best. It's hinted at, but but you also play him as he's got a little bit of a con in him too. Oh yes, yeah. <laughs> oh yes, he's got uh, he's got what the Irish call a scheme. He's he's always got something something around the corner there, something that. Uh, is going to either better himself, enrich himself, or, or in this case, uh, he sees better for his his daughter. Um, but instead of just being upfront about it, it's got to come in the form of a scheme. And uh, this this particular scheme, um, 
is kind of has a has kind of a heartbreaking uh, uh, quality to it. He does want want what's best for his daughter, and actually wants what's best for uh, Jim Tyrone, Steve Pickering, uh, and I, sh- I should obviously mention uh, Carolyn Klein as Josie, uh, Josie Hogan, Phil's daughter. Uh, he wants what's best for both of them, but he can't just come out and say it. He can't. Uh, he he's got to have a scheme to get it, and unfortunately, um, that one doesn't work in this case. Yeah, you know, I thought what's terrific was that that uh, early scene with with you and Carolyn Klein, where where in between your sort of arguing and uh, one-upsmanship, eventually the story comes out. You see the bond between the two of you, and then you see the the, the your scheme starting to develop. <laughs> it was just the dynamic; they're just hooked the entire audience, and you had us from there on in. Well, I'll tell you what, uh, uh, O'Neill obviously is uh, is just a master at that. Um, you know, this is both Long Day's Journey and Tonight and Moon from the Misbegotten are are thinly veiled. Uh, um, you know, this is this is coming from personal experience. Um, O'Neill's brother uh, did in his his uh, last years was a, a uh, rascal. I mean, he he absolutely was uh, dissipated by alcohol and guilt over his mother's death and uh, how he reacted. So to that's the Jim Tyrone character. That's the Jim Tyrone character, which comes over from, and and I think in Long Day's Journey, it's kind of a, a, a certainly not a diatribe, but it's certainly a commentary on his father. And in Moon for the Misbegotten, he says, "My father was a was a skinflint," and and you know, but on the on the surface, uh, O'Neill's and Tyrone's father is a very successful, very generous. Uh, Phil Hogan describes him as a true Irish gentleman. He was a great man entirely. Two of Phil Hogan's descriptions of Ty- the Tyrone uh, patriarch um when in fact on the inside if you if you view that uh, patriarch through long day's journey if you view it through Jim Tyrone's description of him as a cheap as a as a you know as a really really bad man um on the surface Phil Hogan is a bad father he drinks <laughs> he runs his sons off he schemes to get his daughter uh Hitched uh, by hook or by crook, but inside uh, and and on the page, and I think O'Neill uh, reveals that Hogan is a very caring man. So on the surface, uh, the Tyrone father is a is a generous, big, great man, and on the inside is a is a skinflint. And on the paper, uh, Phil Hogan is presented as a bad man, but actually comes off as a rather sweet and generous and caring father. So you, you gave plenty of hints of that early, and it certainly came out in Act 2. Yeah. Oh, well, I, <laughs> the, the Act 1 is just a delight to play. It is just, it's, it's one of, it, it's a lot of fun. And going into that, uh, going into the uh, drunk scene, um, it is just kind of the, uh, kind of just the, Every character actor, certainly every Irish character actor, looks for a scene like that. It's Barry Fitzgerald. It's yes, it was. Well, you know, into one. I told a couple of people of, uh, about your show, and I said, "You will never hear." I, I said, "Brad is such a great actor. Who else can slur a heavy Irish accent and yet have every word be understood?" <laughs> that is, I mean, that is 
shows how uh, your craft. Oh, thank you so and much. And how you played that drunken scene, the physicality of it, because you, you, you hit the deck a few times. <laughs> and that you trying to get up that one step, I mean, that was precious. Oh, that, that, that is. Tell us how you arrived at that, because I saw Larry Newman play it and did a terrific job I'm playing sure. the character, uh, but it, it certainly wasn't what you did. <laughs> but how did you approach that? Was that your idea or Kevin's or? Um, you know, I, I, I think, I, I think just years of, as I say, it's, it's, you look at the character and you think, oh, well, it's, it's pretty, it's a pretty cut and dried character. You know, he's a, he's a skin flint. He's cheap. He's a drinker. Um, I, I think, no, I think just, uh, over the rehearsal, we, we came to, now, without question, there's a, there's a, there's Barry Fitzgerald in there, you know, there's mm-hmm. every character actor that's, that's taken a shot at an Irish drunk before. Um, but at the same time, I, I, I was in reading the play before doing the play. And of course I'd read the play in, in school years and years and years ago. Um, had, had, uh, I've never seen a production of it. So, um. That probably served you well. I think so. Yeah, because you, you so. indirectly you didn't have any kind of a bias going either way. And 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 that is that 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 can serve you um, ill or, or or well. I you know I I've never shied away from taking a look at somebody else's work on something and and uh, whether you whether you strive for something like that or not. I think you're affected by it. So I think that can be good and I think that can be bad. But yeah, fresh eyes on this. And a fresh appreciation of of the uh, of the play itself. Um, I went into it having obviously reread it just before we started rehearsals, and um, thinking, "All right, well, this is you know this is pretty standard Irish character number four seventy five. Just plug it in." And I was completely seduced uh, during the table reads and during the discussions, not only with Kevin but with Carolyn and with Steve Pickering, who obviously has a uh, wonderful mastery of of uh, a O'Neill association. Um, yeah, let's get into that because yeah. I think the, the the chemistry between the three of you, your relationship uh, as Phil Hogan with, with, with Carolyn Klein playing Josie and with Steve Pickering playing James was amazing. I, I was, that was the other thing I was telling you. You'll never see three actors all at the top of their game just so respectful of the work and just so you know, you guys were channeling these characters. You really made them come to life. Well, that's that's very kind of you, and and you know, I mean, obviously, that's what you shoot for on opening night and continuing. I can't wait to uh, uh, get back at it tonight. We're uh, we have a performance tonight, but yeah, it was it was uh, it was it was through table reads. It was through the rehearsal process um, that, as I say, I gained a whole new appreciation for the subtleties. On the page uh, that that you can't see on the page, that in the playing of it come out. Um, Steve and I have uh, actually just one relatively short scene together, but his uh, his understanding of O'Neill and and his his appreciation for O'Neill and Kevin's as well. Kevin Tice, the director, um, that 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 helped the whole process. Carolyn, I believe, and I could be mistaken, um, but I believe Carolyn was the one that brought the play to Shaunaki. Carolyn is an ensemble member as well. Carolyn brought the play to Shaunaki, and uh, so she's had an affinity for it for, for years. That, it, it sure comes out because, boy, 
You talk about playing a strong woman. Wow. That is that is incredible. She um, actually, I had the uh, pleasure of directing Carolyn this this past summer out at Buffalo Theater Ensemble in Faith Healer, a uh, play that that you and I were just talking about before before going on. Um, uh, a play that means a great deal to me and a very difficult Brian Friel play to do. And Carolyn just knocked it out of the park as as Grace. In Brian Friel's she's Facebook. certainly coming on as a as a major player. She really is. She really is, and and uh, directed the play last season. Directed Shauna Key's play last season. That was then, which uh, which produced a Jeff nomination. That was outstanding. That yes. was that yeah. was. So she's you know she's obviously and of course uh, Steve someone, yeah and Steve Pickering is he's right up there as, as what's one. there to say about Steve? Yeah, he I is mean, a force of nature, <laughs> and if you don't believe it, <laughs> spend some time with him. Well, his his. Uh, transition in that big scene with Carolyn was just amazing. It is It is one of the regrets of, of, of my uh, experience with this that I'm unable, just the way the theater is, is laid out, I'm unable to run around to the back of the house and watch that. I, I, it's one of those things that I, I can hear and just the words break your heart. I can't imagine with all of the elements together uh, how that just uh, that just leaves it out there on the stage. I'm, I'm, it's, I get to hear it every night, but I don't get to see it, and I don't get to see it the finished product. But I, I can only imagine how that just uh, how an audience must react to that. Yeah, they they do. If if their hearts aren't broken, and if if they don't feel it, they got to be brain dead. I mean, it's that's just <laughs> that's the Irish way. It's just you you get lulled into enjoying yourself for the evening and then the next thing you know your heart is slithering down the wall you won't be needing that anymore that's brian friel that's tom murphy that's certainly eugene o'neill that is that is such an irish thing just to kind of bring you along bring you along and then all of a sudden you realize almost too late oh my gosh my my heart is broken yeah if you didn't understand o'neill and his life uh, oh. seeing this play really gives you some hints oh my gosh i uh i it's it, it's it's and 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 yet I'm I'm intrigued by the fact that he did not get a chance to rewrite and reshape and re. It's it's like looking at an a canvas, an unfinished canvas. And that that's not to say this is a this is an incomplete play or an unfinished play, but it it it's it's a wonderful insight into his creative process because. On on paper, and if you get a chance to look at it on paper, and it, you you see a, a, a little overwriting there. There's things like he 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 keeps calling the character's name. He, you know, it, it, uh, Steve pointed out early that in you know on two pages, I called you know I I use the name Josie at least ten times. You know, and that's a pretty that's a pretty easy and a pretty elementary uh, playwriting uh, habit to fix. You know, you call the character that that name. Yeah, there, he would have he would have heard that. Oh, he'd have pulled yeah, that. Yeah, he'd yeah. Pulled that. There's a lot of incomplete little suggestions and plots. I notice in my uh, in in a number of mine, you know, I call him Harder the Standard Oil Thief, our beautiful neighbor Harder the Standard Oil Thief. May he roast in hell. And and a lot of that you think, oh, he's just putting placeholders in there. But it's like looking at an early canvas where there's too much color, there's too much texture, there's too much information, and you know, like a sculptor chipping away at the rock, he'd have pulled some of that out, smoothed some of that out. Um, but still, his his uh, flawed masterpiece is 
still so much better than, than complete works of yeah. almost anyone else. Absolutely. It's, it's gorgeous, and it's just a, it's a pleasure to work on that. Yes. Uh, uh, how many of his plays have you done? I did Touch of the Poet, uh, the Goodman production with, with Brian Dennehy mm-hmm. years and years ago. Yeah, I saw um, that. Actually, I've, I, I think I've, I think I've done, I think this is only my second. I, 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 I thought about that the other day, and I think this is only my second. I've, I've, I've been in awe of, of most of his work, and, and, uh, uh, you know, looked at, at at some of the ones that I still can scale just because of my age, and 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 Huey, of course, is one that I just uh, you know the jaw drops when you see that you know you, you see the challenge of something like that. Yeah, uh, Iceman, you know, they're just they're, I've been in awe of most of them. I think I've only done two of them. It's a good year for O'Neill and Chicago. Oh my gosh, it is, isn't it? it is. Yeah, and I hope everybody. Uh, I was tra- talking to a lot of young actors and. Who aren't that familiar with O'Neill, you know, and they're and those that run theater companies. And I said, man, you guys got to get out to see these plays. I'm telling them to get out and, to see your play because they're, you know, this is how to do O'Neill. Oh, uh, well, that's, that's so kind of you, and, and and I mean, and that's such good advice because you know it's it's a commitment. He doesn't oh, yeah. write short plays, but uh, it's you know you find uh, actually my son uh, Evan, who is is just turned sixteen a couple of weeks ago. Uh, he and uh, and and uh, his girlfriend saw it opening night, and uh, was he a little? Was he a th- uh, kind of a longish hair, real thin boy? Yep, that's that's ah, the boy. Okay, <laughs> he's, he uh, he's already six foot, so he's you know he's when it, when when the play uh, ended. This kid had a look in his eye. I, I didn't know who he was, but I figured, wow, this this kid was really affected. So that was your son. That is my son, Amazing. and he's uh, he's uh, he's oh he's. I want does, him he to be wanna, a, does he want to be an actor? Oh, he does, but his dad wants him to be a doctor. <laughs> of course, the brains for that. Um, and 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 uh, no, he's actually right now in rehearsal for uh, Oliver up at Evanston High School. And terrific. Uh, and but he no he he said. Uh, he said that that seems like you know an hour. He said I could have I could have watched another act. So that is uh, my point is that it uh, you know you you look at the running time and you say okay that is going I'm in for the night and yet uh, O'Neill just hooks you and all of a sudden if you've been there for an hour or you've been there for three hours this play is not three hours by the way <laughs> but uh, some of his are. Oh, yeah. And uh, you just find it it just runs right past you. But it isn't the time, right? It's its w- when you're engaged with That's great writing right. and great acting and, and, a, and a well-paced show. The, you know, I've seen 75-minute shows that were five hours long. <laughs> you know, we all have. But A Moon for the Misbegotten is certainly a terrific show. Well, yeah. that's, you got to be proud of it. I am proud. Well, I'm looking at your credentials, and we could go on for hours, but I, I want to feature a few things, and. One is I go back to your production of Faith Healer, ah. that was just—I uh, know that was that was your your Jeff Award. Yes, yes, indeed. Yeah. I still remember two things about that: that you were talking about the dog and you had a little leash, but you know I saw the dog and several people said, "How'd they get the dog on the stage?" Ah. There was no dog. There was no dog. <laughs> that and uh, and and uh, I thought you were you were drinking the Guinness. Well, I because one of them foamed over. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, any one of them could have okay. because yes, indeed, that was, that was Guinness. It's really tough 
to fake Guinness on stage, certainly in a in a production like that where the audience is about four feet away. Yeah. <laughs> um, I I uh, play the bagpipes. I play the Highland bagpipes, and God bless him, uh, my the the gentleman who taught me to play the bagpipes uh, was a veterinarian for his regular job. But on Thursday nights, we'd uh, you know the several of us uh, novice bagpipe players would uh, go to this. Dewar Scott's uh, veterinary clinic, and over the clinic he uh, taught the bagpipes, and he used to pour each of us just a small glass, just a little more than a juice glass of Guinness, and he used to say, you better practice the way you'll play. And he said, 90% of the time you're going to play the bagpipes, you're going to have a little, you're going to have at least a, a Guinness in you. <laughs> you're going to have a little <laughs> beer man. in you. And uh, so, uh, God bless him, Jim Sullivan, who directed uh, our production of Faith Healer, which Cy Osborne and, and Leah Mortensen. Um, he, uh, Jim Sullivan said, well, you know, we've tried root beer, we've tried this. He said, you want to try Guinness? And, <laughs> and it didn't take long to convince me that, that drinking the Guinness was the way to go. I can fake the dog, but I can fake the whippet, but I can't fake the Guinness. So, yeah. yes, indeed, we were, uh, we, were, uh, we were using Guinness in that one. But I'll tell you, that is one of the great plays. It's one of my all-time favorites. And I tell people, they say, "What's it, you know, about?" And I said, "Well, it's it's monologues." Yep. And yep. but when but they're, they're not. You see what's going on, even though that there's either you're sitting in a chair or Sai, I guess, was just standing with a spotlight on him. Uh huh. Yeah. That uh, that 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 is a testament to, to Brian Friel's writing. Um, I you know you say, "Oh, I could almost see the whippet on stage," and and many people, uh, you know, that's another one that you tell people, you know, just on the page, it's just three monologues and kind of a little uh, epilogue as well. Um, you say, well, that's going to be a boring two hours in the theater with just one person on stage at a time. But then I can't tell you the number of people who said, oh, in that scene where you and you and Grace or where you came in and discovered Grace in, in the mortuary, spoiler alert, um, uh, or you and Frank or Frank and Gracie, and you point out to them there was never any time when... Frank and where where Frank and Gracie were on stage at the same time, or that I was on stage with either of them, and they said, "Well, no, no, you you know that that scene where you're coming up over the hill and you discover that little valley, and it's like, well, no, that was just a description, and that's testament to Brian Friel's writing, that but storytelling, also a testament to to you guys uh, being able to with tone inflections and so forth, oh, that's and amazing. articulation, being able to really tell a story that that. Because you know we all know theater's about imagination, yeah. but you guys have to fuel it, and you do. Well, that's 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 kind, and that's that you know I mean that's a very special part of of all of our lives. Certainly, Cy and Leah's, and and uh, uh, Cynthia, my wife, uh, uh, Cynthia Judge, who uh, produced it. I mean, we've we've you know over the years become very close couple with them. We've gone on. We've had kids. I've had, and and it's. Uh, they're still very much a part of our lives, um, uh, Cy and, and Leah, and uh, it's it's. I'm, I'm so happy I did it, and that was kind of uh, that was kind of. Um, it wasn't the first thing I did in Chicago, but it was very shortly after arriving in Chicago that I did that. But you've done a few other Brian Friels. I have. <laughs> I've been very lucky to do that. Yes. And but I I also uh, lately you've been doing a lot of Shakespeare. Uh, yeah, uh, the you know my relationship with uh, Chicago Shakespeare or Shakespeare Rep. I was over at uh, the Ruth Page. Um, while uh, while 
the pier is a challenge for me, and that's not the uh, not the uh, not Chicago Shakespeare. It's a beautiful facility and wonderful people. I'm just not one that uh, enjoys shuffling along Navy Pier with, <laughs> with the smell of cotton candy and and T-shirts. Uh, love the theater. I just um, so I, I I I have done a couple of couple of I was in the first play out there, Anthony and Cleopatra, and then in this past season, I was lucky enough to. Uh, Work with Penny Metropolis in in the Madness of King George. Was that and, an awesome production? Oh my gosh, that yeah. was so much fun. That was uh, I just uh, there was there was another one where it didn't seem to be a uh, a weak uh, weak link in in the entire thing. Talk I liked your work in Elizabeth Rex too. I well I I had had just Barbara um, asked me to do that and I was just delighted to do it. The people people who came down from Canada, the people who were you know. Uh, just wonderful, wonderful ensemble from Chicago. It was just a delight to do that. Yes, and uh, your work with Provision Theater has been terrific. Shadowlands, and um, what was it? C.S. Lewis on stage, the one-person show you did at the upstairs at Royal George. Yes, yes, yeah. it was. Yes, that was, was that was amazing. Well, that's uh, you know, I've 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 uh, been very fortunate. I've, I've known Tim Tim Gregory. For for many many years, I think we met at uh, at uh, Shakespeare Repertory Theater over at the Ruth Page, and uh, he asked me. Uh, he just asked if I would uh, become involved with that, and it's just been a a lovely relationship. And um, I, I C.S. Lewis to have two cracks as a one man show, and then uh, through Shadowlands, um, I've, it was just uh, it was just uh, delightful. It's it's. It's, I, I love working with uh, with provision, and uh, hopefully we'll do so in the in in, in next season. Yes. Um, tell me how you prepare for a one person show because actually Bay Theater was almost a one person show in the sense that it was it was you know the monologue. Uh, uh, but how do you how do you approach those when it's just you on the stage? Um. Well, you 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 don't have to worry about. <laughs> <laughs> about leaving about other people's cues, so you have a little flexibility there. Um, it's I don't I don't find it different at all. I I mean obviously in dialogue you you you're working with someone else, but I think a well written one person show you, like Faith Healer, you're, the 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 monologue is written in such a way that you have beats in it and. If you look at it, it's a mountain. If you take it apart, it's just a series of, of steps. And uh, so I can't say um, I can't say that I, I you know some people some people will just try and, and drill the lines in your head. Um, I'm blessed with enough of a memory that, that that memorization has never been a, a problem. And so it's it's more more. Uh, just taking a, a, a part of script, taking it apart, looking at it in this beat is about this, which leads to this, which leads to this, which leads to that, and do that's you, that's that's a writer as well. I okay, mean, do you use physicality uh, to to cue yourself? I know Tim Kaine uh, mentioned that when when he did uh, An Iliad, sure, that the movements helped. Absolutely, yeah. it's it's essential. If you if you uh, it it not only in a way, is it counterproductive to just memorize something and then add the movement? Um, I think it's, I, I, it's, it's, it's just not fun. You know, just, uh, just learning lines is, is just not fun. <laughs> and 
by putting the physicalization there. And and that's really not something you can do in a vacuum. And there are times by necessity you just have to, okay, well, I just have to learn the lines because there's only two weeks of rehearsal or I'm doing summer stock and I'm doing, you know, doing one performance a night and another during the day. So there are times when just out of necessity you just have to cram the lines in there. But it it's not fun. And B, I think it's counterproductive because it's the collaboration with the script of the other actors or in this case, you know, if you're doing a one-person show uh, or a monologue show, it's the collaboration with the director and with just the physicality. He's absolutely right. That's, 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 that's necessary. Well, to me, that separates the, the actors from the pretenders, the one-person show. I am such an admirer of it. Oh, it is. Of the format. It is. Uh, it's, it's, uh, I mean, I, 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 I actually like it very much. And that sounds selfish, but, uh, but, uh, you know, I'm spoiled with, uh, with, uh, certainly Brian Friel's, uh, um, healer. And then, uh, um, Tom, Tom Key's, uh, one, one person, uh, C.S. Lewis show, uh, C.S. Lewis on stage is, uh, is another one that, that. Now, obviously, I had absolutely no latitude, nor would I ever presume to touch, um, uh, Brian Friel's, uh, work. Uh, Tom was very, very open to, you know, you've gotta, because he, he actually performs, uh, C.S. Lewis on stage himself. But he was very understanding in that, well, what may work for him or what may have worked for him uh, may not necessarily. So he, he gave um, uh, Tim and I permission to, to sand edges and, and you know, certainly not uh, not in, in vent scenes or anything like that. But he gave us permission to, to kind of mold it to fit uh, well, our it, needs. It certainly did work. Um, in the interest of time, uh, I always ask this question. Two, actually, two questions. One is... Uh, are there a couple of roles that you're dying to play that you haven't been able to play? Um. Well, uh, uh, you know, I mentioned Huey before. Uh, you know, that's that that is certainly one of those that, that uh, again, another for all intents and purposes, a one-person show. Mm-hmm. Um, that has always been, you know, I, 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 if you. There are various interpretations of it. Uh, uh, Jason Robards, Brian Dennehy, uh, of course. Saw both completely. of them, yeah. Um, uh, you saw Jason Robards? Yes. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that, uh, I've, seen, I've seen tape of that and, and heard audio tape of that, and that sounds wonderful. That's, you know, that's something I, you know, I'm, I'm rapidly outgrowing parts, but uh, there are some that just sit there forever and ever dangling just out of reach. Um, no, I, you know, the, uh, the next one, you know, I guess that's, that's my short answer is whatever's next. I, I just enjoy looking for, you know, the challenges and the unique nature of, of whatever's next. Um, that's, that's a, that's the role I want to do. Um, um, no, I've been, I've been pretty satisfied. There's nothing out there that I just think, oh gosh, why didn't I get a crack of that? And as a matter of fact, there's some that I just, uh, I hate to keep coming back to Faith Healer, and and uh, fortunately, the role of Teddy and Faith Healer is one that I don't think I'll outgrow for for quite some time. I'd love to see you guys remount that. Oh uh, well, we <laughs> we've any plans for that? It. We've talked about it. Uh, as I say, we're all still uh, very good friends. We've talked about it, and um, I wouldn't be a bit surprised. It's it's one of those that I think time just uh, uh, enriches. 
Uh, we, as I say, we did that in 95, 96. And yeah. since then, we've had families. And right. It's time to do it again. There's a whole new uh, group of people to... You know, the, to, uh, to enjoy that. that well, that 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 certainly is something that I think all of us would would want to do. We've had we've had children, we've had tragedies. We've you know we we are deeper, obviously. I, I would like to think deeper individuals and, and and therefore better actors than we were. You know, gosh, that's too long ago. But so that you know, if there a role I I like to do i'd love another crack at teddy you know okay. i mean it's one of those that i yeah. don't think you could ever ever get right I, I agree well thanks a lot this has been great and and folks a moon for the misbegotten one of o'neill's i think great plays uh you'll see three of the best performances you'll see anywhere get to the irish american heritage center uh you're running through uh when oh well i think we're running all the way through April, Good. and we have uh, a little flexibility. I, and I just want to mention uh, Andrew Nowak and Stuart Ritter. Yes. There are five in this cast. There are five. They, they, they well, they're shorter roles. Early. Yeah. yeah, they they do bounce, and they did a terrific job. But, they sure but did. you you three were just so strong. Oh sorry. well, that's that's so kind of you, and 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 thank you so much for for. All you do for uh, Chicago Theater. Well, I like to give back because I, I have so many great nights at theater. Ah. So, folks, thanks for listening, and go see a play this week.